Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Bob. And I'm Father Dave. And we are grateful that you are watching slash listening to this podcast episode. You know, I wonder, what do you think if, let, let's say a dozen people listen, okay. probably what, half and watch? Um, that would be 50%. Yeah. Sure. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. But you're not suggesting that only a, do- a dozen people listen and half a dozen watch. Am I? <laughs> well, you, actually, we're... Uh, no, we're, actually, I, we saw our numbers the other day. It's like more than 10 people listen. Yeah, so that's It great. is. And thank you very and much man, for all man, of you who are getting, listening. Yeah, I think every man that listens feels the need to, to email because we've gotten more emails. Yeah. So. Two out of three emails. This is another math thing we got this week. We're from men affirming the fact that men listen to the podcast. That's great. Of course, we only got three emails. So that, that ratio was easy to do. But... Still, thanks for listening and thanks um, thanks for telling people about the podcast. I just heard recently the number one way people turn into podcasts is a friend says, hey, you should listen to that podcast. So, so thanks for all of you hopetologists, oh, hoptometrists. Great. Hey, how do people do that? Like, I don't do, know what we call How them. do people send links to a, a podcast? Like if somebody says, oh, you should listen to this. Then they just search it. They search it? Okay. Yeah. Great. I, I, don't, I don't know, actually. We're so good at this. <laughs> we are professionals. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but a great week. We had a great week that last week. Uh, lots of snow here in Steubenville, Ohio, as right. in many places in the uh, country. Snowing, snowing as we speak. That's right. It's beautiful. I love it is, snow. It is actually. I love it's winter. so pretty this morning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, you had a good birthday? I did have a good birthday. Oh, this was the cliffhanger. What did you have for your birthday dinner? Everybody was waiting Dying to know what you had for your birthday dinner. Well, my birthday dinner's tonight. Oh my gosh, we're not going to do this. Which again. is yes, we are. No, no. you're the one who brought it up. No, I thought but I do know what I'm going to have. Run that joke into the ground. I do All right, know what go we're going to have. Well, it is. It's tonight. I, <laughs> I mean, know, that but like we're pretending it's Wednesday. But how do? <laughs> <laughs> so well, we can pretend, and it doesn't mean that I know what was going to happen tonight. Uh, do you know what's going to happen tonight? Well, yes, then I do. Then why don't you just pretend like you did? Well, all right, I'm, but, but you were going to ask me how were they, and I don't know how they were. I could act like I know. Well, I'm but sure that's they're going to be great. Honest. It's called acting. Oh, this is all an act for you, isn't Pretty it? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, we're like having, our friendship. Yeah, there you go. He did quotes for those of you who don't watch. No, um, Bridget is going to make uh, po' boys, uh, shrimp right. po' boys, and that's what I went with. And she was, she's not really familiar with them, so she was a little nervous. She goes, well, like, what exactly? It's just a sandwich. I said, oh, it's not just a sandwich. <laughs> and let me just give a shout out uh, to Allie, who texted me and said, Po' boys are not from New Orleans. And then she texts back and says, well, actually they are. But I'm thinking, <laughs> what is up with this? You know, I know, I know. So, um, yeah, so that's what we're, we're going to have, po' boys, and it'll be great. Now, and, and then we're going to have for dessert yeah. uh, cream cheese uh, frosting with carrot cake. Basically, it's all about the frosting. Is that right? That's right. Nice. That's right. And this is a big go. Go big or go home because we start birthday year. So is um, this, forgive the dumb question, is cream cheese frosting just cream cheese? No, it's cream cheese with sugar and butter. That's oh, pretty much go. it. That's, That's pretty nice. much it. Yeah. But I do this thing like for my birthday. So I said, go big or go home. Like there is no fasting on my birthday. But what are the things I've done for actually since I was 33? So you do the math. No, I won't. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I fast from something from my birthday to my birthday. Okay. Uh, so I just, when I was 33, I said, you know, I'm going to just do fa- some kind of fast this year. So 
every year since then as we're as we're moving and up. And you did to alcohol, it, right? The first time I did. Yeah, how'd that go? A big mistake, big mistake. Because <laughs> it was also the first time I went to Italy, and our, I know. So we're sitting there. If you if you've been to our house in Italy, it's just gorgeous. Our mother house is uh, since Cosmos and Damien. It's on the Roman form. It was my first time there. It's just the sun was setting. It was beautiful. The the oranges and the in the reds of the stone in the building was beautiful. We're up on this um, balcony that overlooks, literally overlooks the Roman Forum. They bring out cheese and sausage and and then wine. Of course. And they said, you know, and I said, oh, thank you, but I, I'm, I'm not drinking wine. They said, what do you mean? It's like, well, I, I'm fasting. And they said, you can fast from lots of things, but you don't fast from wine. <laughs> so my next stop was Germany. So I, I got like a Diet Coke and a kibasa. It was awful. Yeah. So no, this year's not going to be alcohol. No. Can you say it or is it one yeah, of these? Yeah, yeah. So tell? I think right. uh, honestly, just kind of any snack type thing, food like that kind of stuff, chips and Doritos and popcorn. No, popcorn will be the exception, I think. I'll have the final decision made this evening. But okay. yeah. Yeah. Another cliffhanger for next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want people to come back, you know. If, <laughs> if, right. if they don't come back to figure out what exactly I'm fast, why would they come back? I didn't start, um, so I didn't drink alcohol when I was younger. I actually didn't start drinking till I got married. There's no subtext there. It's actually just a true statement. And it was my honeymoon, and we went to Rome. And they had uh, wine on the table. Like, you know, they just bring out a thing of wine, you know, it's like it's water. So good. It's so nice. And it was really, yeah. and I was like, oh wow, this is actually really cool. So. Yeah. But you're, you're probably like, you like tequila, right? So, uh, yes. Yeah. So I don't have a sense of smell, uh, for those listening and watching, not that you'd be able to see it. And, um, so my taste buds are really weird. I'm, I'm like, you know, like when they talked about, you know, oh, one of the first signs of COVID is you lose your sense of smell. I'm like, crap. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to know. I'm dead. I'm You're going to get your sense of smell. It's like, Ooh, what was that? Yeah, like an inverted thing. Yeah. So I don't have a sense of smell and I, I like what I taste, but my tastes are really weird. Texture is a big thing. Um, every like bourbon, whiskey, other vodka, like it all has the same taste as mouthwash has uh, for me except tequila, which I can taste, and I really like the taste of it. This show is just, where are we going? <laughs> I know. You asked where, about where, it. What have we done? Yeah, you asked about it. So anyway, so I like, but I sip it. You know, I don't like, some people just think tequila is a fast train to Drunkville, but I, no, that's I not, actually well, that, enjoy that is it. true for some, but I'll tell you when the first time I went to uh, Guadalupe, Mm. The, it's it's obviously customary oh, in Mexico. Oh Mexican tequila, and, and, and that's the so thing is that, that I found out is that it's not all the same. Some are better than others, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. Hands this, down, this is not. We didn't take notes about going on on this route about tequila, but that's where we are. Hey, but you know what? This is a record. We're eight minutes in, and we haven't mentioned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep, some records are not meant to be broken. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Super Bowls this weekend. That's exciting. Okay, what's your call? They're going to lose. Don't. Okay, so score. Uh, they'll lose by 3.5. That's the three and a half. That's the spread. That's the spread. I don't even know what that means, but, uh, the over under again, that's, I don't even know what that means. Something now I'm only too. saying this that because there are podcasts is starting with betting and alcohol. <laughs> this is great. It's very Catholic. That's great. It's very Catholic. Um, Bingo. The, uh, yeah, right. The, uh, I thought they would lose for, uh, when they, when they played the saints and I was wrong. And then I thought they would lose when they played great the Packers. Believer. And they were wrong. So I'm just going to think they would lose. Not that I'm superstitious, but I, I feel like if I say they're going to win, they're going to lose. So I'm going to say they're going to lose with obviously the hope that they're going to win. The hope or the desire? 
Which is a bomb. Oh, this is biblical. Okay. This is as biblical as it gets. No, I think you're right, though. I think Kansas City is going to win. Oh, don't say that. Okay. I think uh, Tampa Bay is going to win. Well, but now you're being disingenuous. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to watch. <laughs> now I'm lying. <laughs> no, I really do. I think Kansas, uh, honestly, I think Kansas City is a better team. I think Patrick Mahomes is just. Oh, he's so fun. He's so talented, so creative. Yeah, I mean, he's just, they're fun he's, teams. He's really, really fun yeah, to watch. Him. Yeah, they're they're great. So yeah, yeah. and I grew up AFC West with uh, the Broncos, so there's kind of an affinity. And yeah, and yeah, actually, this is great. I was at a conference about two weeks ago, and Lamar Hunt, whose family is owned yep. them, yeah, he gave a wit- he gave a witness his testimony. Oh, he's wonderful. It was gorgeous, really, really beautiful. So I was just he and I were able to touch base and talk a little bit afterwards, but. Yeah, so good luck, Lamar. I used to uh, get to sneak in his owner's booth when he owned the Columbus the, Crew, crew. and that cool. was really uh, that was really a huge blessing. So yeah, good luck, Lamar and Rita. Uh, they've they've donated to the university. We have a little bit of uh, like our gym is, mm-hmm. is, is is they helped us with that. So uh, good luck, Lamar. But go Bucks. Your button is undone on your shirt. So I know that those of you who were not watching, but. This is ridiculous. Can't you get dressed? No. <laughs> Some of us have buttons. You just slide things on. You don't, do you even have a zipper? That's a little personal. Let's go on to Let's our go. ad uh, for Franciscan University. Hey, um, Father Dave, did you know that Franciscan University is home to the only human life studies academic program in the United States? I did. I did. And can I say, when I was a student, I took a class with Rita Marker on human life. It was really focusing at that time on the whole euthanasia movement. Mm. It was, when I think back in my time in school, it was one of the best classes I ever had. Yeah. It was Amen. really, really good. Yeah, it is an exceptional program. Franciscan's human life studies minor consists, consists of a cross-section of classes in human life issues, political science, philosophy, and theology that helps students in any discipline articulate and defend pro-life issues. I, I teach in the catechetics program, and I know many of our students... Mm. Uh, take those courses and, and they me, like, all love it. And what's, what's really, I, honestly, we don't need to spend too much time on this, but when we think of the major social issues in our country today, you know, homosexuality and the whole transgender movement and youth. And I mean, all the, the, there's a common core in all this and it's a failure to fully understand the human person, yeah. you know, it, it, the nature of sin is, is that very thing as well. So uh, I think particularly today to have a better understanding of philosophy of the human person and understanding of how that intersects with politics and with life. And, and yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, Thanks. it's very cool. So the program is specifically designed. Some people are like, why don't you have a major? Well, it's actually specifically designed so it can be taken by students in any major so they can go forth from Franciscan University to support the church's efforts to transform the culture of death into a culture of life. You can find out more about our human life studies minor at franciscan.edu. Amen. Amen. Go there. Yeah, check it out. It's a great website. So you know what today's feast is? Is it today or is it today? I don't want to be disingenuous. The the day we're listening to this, Bob. Oh, you mean today's Wednesday now? Yes. St. Blase. Yeah, yeah. I love St. Blase. Do you? Yeah, it's, well, you know, the thing that's cool is- I mean, not that that's surprising, but you just seem to have a higher affinity for- Well, the thing is, is I I love, yeah, I love the things that are kind of uniquely Catholic, Mm. you know, and 
And growing up as a little kid, I went to Catholic school, and, and I remember on the Feast of St. Blaise, they would have the candles, and they would bless your throat. <laughs> That's and so crazy. You know, isn't it funny, though? I mean, those little things How do like they make that, those candles? Like, I, there's, is there somebody do, that just makes St. Blaise okay, candles? Okay, first off, first off. So, uh, St. Blaise, his uh, body is buried in Dubrovnik, uh, Croatia. Oh. And and that is also where the- <laughs> I thought you were going to say Des Moines. No, no, no. And that's also where the one of the more, most recent star- um, Star Wars films was done. A, a lot of that was filmed in Dubrovnik. So when you go to Dubrovnik, which is one of the most beautiful, it's on the Adriatic coast. It's one of the most beautiful towns you've ever seen. Yeah. And there are everything you can imagine Star Wars there. But then the other is the we thrones. We need to go. We well, need to pilgrimage what's to the thrones, Dubrovnik. The thrones. I never watched Game it. of Thrones. Game of Thrones was also filmed there. Okay. So it's Star Wars. It's really kind of weird. Yeah. But he, he's buried there. But the funny thing is, that, so when you look at the candles that they use there to bless people's throats, yeah. they actually light the candles. Rock and roll. No, no. No, that is what I've always wanted. <laughs> no, that, I mean, I would... Like everyone's hair would just would go up in a, in a poof. It's it's just awful. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine doing that. Uh, yeah. But you're not kidding. They actually no, totally light, light the candles like, and yes, yes, very carefully, <laughs> very, very, very carefully. That's not when you want the ten uh, year old altar boy doing that. No, you do not. Or yeah. or the or, or the ninety year old octa- friar. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of shaking. Do you have any idea like what that's about though? Well, uh, the, the the legend is, is that a little boy was choking, I think on a chicken bone or something like mm-hmm. that. And St. Blaise prayed for him and, and he was healed. But so first off, particularly in this time now, right, we find ourselves in COVID that to be able to pray for the sick is yeah. just, it's, it's just a great, great grace. But I love the way we as a church use sacramentals. This is, Dr. Alan Shrek is just, I, I just love Dr. Alan Shrek. Yeah. And one of the things that he, I think we talked about his book, Catholic and Christian. We did. I think he yeah. talks about this in that, and that's this incarnational principle that, that God uses things and stuff to help reveal himself. So the candles that we bless our, that we have our throats with, there's, I, I don't know, there's something about yeah. that. You see those candles, you feel them, you feel them on your throat. You hear the prayers, and in Europe, you, you feel the singe on your hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if they're if they're lying, yeah, <laughs> right. that's absolutely right. Yeah, so um, it, it's just I, I love to be able to do that. That and then Ash Wednesday. Yeah, I was, about just, to, I was about to mention candles, I love ashes, sacra- all that stuff yeah. within the church is such a great, great. And and unfortunately, I think in some ways we've moved away from those things that are uniquely Catholic. And I think we need to make sure we restore those and, and highlight them and. One of the things we were taught in, in uh, seminaries, let the symbols speak, you know, mm-hmm. let them speak. So it's a great, a great blessing to, to blessing everyone's throat on Wednesday. I'm really enjoying in my diaconal formation, uh, we're doing a liturgy class. And, you know, I, I guess I always knew this, but it's something a bit different when you're on the altar and you're being an acolyte. You know, there is not one arbitrary movement no. in the liturgy, like every single thing that is done has a purpose, has a history, has a theology, and and really part of I think the you know expanding the beauty of the liturgy in some ways is just making people more aware of what's happening and, and doing it doing it more intentionally. Right. You know, one of the things again in seminary they would tell us is what you do does, hmm. what you do does. So all of the actions that it it speaks, um, we need to be aware that people notice it and we understand that. Little things that we don't even think about, it actually is saying something, it's teaching something, it's an instructing something. When I used to teach here, I would have an instructive liturgy hmm. where we'd go through the liturgy, we would have a mass and just being able to explain, you know, beforehand and, right. then, and every now and then in the parts of it, 
exactly what we're doing and why we're doing it. And it, it really brings the liturgy alive. All of these things that, that we do, we taste, we see, we smell, all of that matters to us. Right. One of the things I loved, uh, you know, in this class, it just kind of reminded that for many Catholics, and I usually talk about this when I do youth conferences and try to explain the Mass, um, just the fact that the Mass is a prayer to the Father, right? You know, like it's, it's, we're participating in the prayer of Jesus to the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And even just that intentionality, I think so many times as Christians, you go to Mass, oh, I'm praying to Jesus. It's like, well, Actually, you're participating in the prayer of Jesus, of Jesus. the perfect you're entering prayer of into Jesus. Something. You're entering into, because our prayers are imperfect, but Jesus's prayer is perfect, and we enter into that. And I think that's an important thing to remember, even in the context of COVID, many of our listeners uh, might not be able to get to Mass. I, I know sometimes there's an attitude of, why would I watch this online? I can't receive the Eucharist. I mean, sometimes we just boil down the liturgy to well, uh, I can't receive the Eucharist. I even know sometimes as I, uh, you know, counsel some college kids and if they're in a state, you know, of, of mortal sin or they don't feel they're disposed for the Eucharist, then they just say, so I stopped going to Mass until I could go to confession. And I go, ah, no, right, keep right, going right. to Mass, yep, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, there is, I don't want to, is it right saying there's more to the Mass than the Eucharist? I mean, that is the the, the summit of it all, but the, I don't know, explain but, it better. No, but yeah. I think that, that, that we encounter, we encounter Christ in the Eucharistic elements, in the Eucharist and being able to receive the Eucharist. But that's not the only place we encounter Christ in the Mass. Yeah. Is we encounter him in the community that's been gathered. We encounter him in the priest that's presiding and celebrating. We encounter him in the word of God that's being proclaimed. So to, to, to just say that the only purpose of going to Mass is to receive the Blessed Sacrament at Communion would not be accurate. There, there's, there's so much going on in the Mass that's important for us to be able to participate in. And there's so many graces, even if you don't or, unable, or if you're unable to receive uh, Christ in the Eucharist. I mean, the graces are just Yeah, this is interesting. So, so I've, been, I've been just praying kind of what you were talking about just recently. And, and I think the evil one works in two ways. For those who are... Who are um, very, very spiritual, very in tune with the mass and the, and the grace. The evil one wants to tempt them not to go to communion. Mm-hmm. Now, be clear. If somebody's in a state of more sin, they should go to confession. So I'm very clear on that. But I, I've, over the years, I've talked to a lot of people who are not in a state of mortal sin, but they're, for one reason or another, they just don't feel like they should go to communion, like they're not worthy and all that. And I think that's the work of the evil one. So you have, on the one hand, the individual who's, who's basically... Uh, desiring of the Eucharist, the evil one's going to say, okay, you shouldn't go to the Eucharist. Mm. But then the other side is, is the person who just goes to mass and they're not necessarily engaged and not necessarily the evil one does the opposite to him. He <laughs> says, you should go to the Eucharist. You yeah. should. So the, it just, it's just the sneakiness of the evil one that he's going to try to attack us and the Eucharist, that gift and the grace of the Eucharist is often what he's going to use to bring that about. So what's the best way to hear the voice of the Lord in that for those that struggle with should I receive? Well, particularly, particularly the scrupulous is is that you know the church is really clear that a mortal sin there has to be grave matter and and oftentimes uh, you know honestly students will come to me and they'll talk about things and it's just not grave matter. So mm-hmm. first off, it's important that we understand what is the church teaching and what is uh, appropriate. But for the other population, is that there has to they have to take serious their examination of conscience. That's yeah. why I love actually the prayer at the beginning, the penitential act that that we actually should be thinking about in receiving the Lord's mercy. That That's another mis... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mis... Not communication, mis, inter, misperception. 
misperception. Okay, fine. Um, that the only place we're forgiven of our sin is confession. But mm-hmm. every time we come to the Eucharist, with the exception of mortal sin, our sin is forgiven. And there's this grace that we receive in the Eucharist uh, to have our sins forgiven. So to recognize that, but part of it is an examination of conscience. Somebody really takes that seriously. And I always appreciate when you celebrate the liturgy and many of the other friars do this as well. It's the, you just give a moment, Yeah, yeah. you know, and it, and it's great as somebody, uh, you know, particularly at Sunday liturgies, I'm there with, you know, bringing my kids. It's a little bit crazy. And um, sadly, sometimes we can just go right through that very quickly. And then we're into the Gloria. You know, it's like, there's no beat, there's no thought, there's no intentionality. But yeah, that moment of, you know, the liturgy forgives venial sins. Absolutely. You know? And, and the other part yeah. of it that's cool is is that prayer, the prayer that we pray, the computer, it says, pray for our brothers and sisters. And and I always wonder, do we really do that? You know, we just kind of <laughs> go through that. But that's, that's again, yeah. to what you said earlier, that one of the graces of coming together for Eucharist is that, is that we are praying for one another, that we can know the Lord's mercy. So, yeah, that, that, that it's not merely, merely is probably not the right word. The encounter of Christ and the grace of the sacrament is not only if if one receives that sacrament. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Praise God. Good. Well, I've got something like I'd like to plug today. Okay. Again, none of these are actually solicited. We get no money for them. They don't even know we do them. We should start telling them. I, do you think we could ever get like a coupon code for someplace? Yeah. Uh, our coupon code is... Dave and Bob. Nice. So try it and it won't work. But You're getting nothing. Maybe. I'll, I'll, reach, I'll let them know we did this and we'll, eh, who knows. Um, so I, uh, I'm a bit of a time management junkie. I mean, I would say that I uh, have, you know, I have a lot of different projects. I have a lot of things going on. So I'm always, you know, clicking things off. And for a while I've been using, are you, are you like that? Do you have like a crazy, do you use like planner? I, I use just Outlook with my calendars and that kind of thing. But yeah, well, I'd, I'd been using something um, called the Full Focus Planner, which is really cool. Um, but I found something even better, uh, and I love it. It's called Monk Manual. Uh, and the website's monkmanual.com. Clever. It is. Well, it's, it's certainly made by uh, someone who's Catholic. And he actually says that uh, he took the wisdom of the monks in terms of trying to help schedule your day. And a lot of it feels like an exam. Well, all monks do is pray all day. I mean, I how complicated is that? Exactly. Well, you, you'd be surprised. You should get the monk manual. I guess I will. But a lot of the idea is praying about your day, reflecting what's the most important thing uh, that you can do today at the end of the day, reflecting on what made you happiest, what were moments of anxiety, what do you want to do differently, uh, what habits do you want to work on in your life, how can you love others? I mean, it's... It's really cool. So it's more than just a, you have an appointment at eight, you have an appointment at 10, you have to get this and this and this. That's in there, which is helpful to me. But I've really been enjoying just the entire, I don't know, just the the whole feel of it. Like a... Not a routine. That's not a, uh, like a way of life. Yeah, way of yeah, it's, yeah. So it's a rule. It, okay. It's trying to set up a rule well, of cool. life, and you, you look at your month, month, and you look at your week, and then you look at day to day. That's really cool. It's a blessing. So if you're looking for uh, some good time management, and particularly, I'd say finding a way to put first things first. I think it's really easy to do the last things first because they're easy to get through, and then you never actually get to the meaningful things in life. Uh, something like this might help. Monkmanual.com. Check it out. That's cool. Use the coupon code Dave and Bob. And Use the code. And Use see the what code. Happens. Use the code, buddy. <laughs> and uh, who knows? Something might happen, and something might not. Right. You'll never get. You'll never get your book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking of good books, let's talk about the 
Yeah. Good book, the Bible. We got a good word today. We have a good word today from your mama. I know. So my mom texted me a scripture about hope and (laughs) how do you not say yes to this one? Yeah, you got to go with it. Whatever whatever mom says. So here's the verse, uh, Sirach 34, uh, 14 to 16. Living is the spirit of those who fear the Lord, for their hope is in their Savior. Whoever fear the Lord are afraid of nothing and are never discouraged, for he is their hope. That's a great word. Whoever fear the Lord are afraid of nothing and are never discouraged, for he is their hope. So what do you say to people who feel discouraged? Yeah, I think we should just stop there. You know, good pad, good podcast. Let's just wrap right, it up. Right. No, I think that's really that's really great because you and I were sharing that that I think some people and, and you mentioned this, but that they're discouraged just in their faith. Like yeah. their, their faith is this, I don't know, this burden that they carry, that they're not doing it well enough, they're not praying well enough, they're not holy enough. And it's just not supposed to be like right. that. We're not supposed to have this discouragement and this and this anxiety about our faith. Or faith is a chore. Yeah, know? exactly. Like it's, exactly. It's this thing that I'm supposed to do, but I don't do enough. And and I don't know. I, I think sometimes you know we're children of God, obviously, but sometimes we're we're childish. And I know I often struggle in my own prayer life. Almost this feeling of like, well, if you don't get your prayer time in your day is going to be really bad, you know, and you're not going to get what you want. You know, it's almost like you're kissing up to your parents before right, Christmas. Right, right, and, right. Um, you know, I've got to keep doing this because I want to be blessed. And then the problem is when we face suffering and trial, we go, well, come on, I'm praying every day. Like, it's almost like we're trying to make this bargain with God. Like, okay, if I go to mass and if I'm a good Catholic and if I do these things like you, you know, make sunshine in my day and make everything work out, um, and maybe sometimes that's more implicit, but I got to be honest, like sometimes I, I have those thoughts, you know, sure. and I uh, even will approach prayer almost like, oh, I'm afraid to not pray today because I don't want to be smitten. Right, 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 right. And, and it, it, you used the word superstitious earlier about the Super Bowl, but I think honestly, sometimes we're superstitious about our faith. Mm-hmm. Just, just like that, that, that in some ways, and this is... Uh, I think we need to get away from this, this idea that our relationship with the Lord is just this 24 hour period. Hmm. And and what does it look like today? Did I check off all the boxes that I was supposed to do today rather than a spiritual life, you know, and that our spiritual life has seasons and some seasons are, are spring times and some seasons are winter, right. And all of that. But that, uh, the, the way that we understand, like, like you just said, that if I do the things that I'm supposed to do, I'm going to be blessed. Or if I don't do this, I'm not, it, it reminds me, of, I think it's the eighth chapter of John, um, the, the man who's blind. Uh, and they're saying this was somebody's fault, right? Whose fault was this? As mm-hmm. if as if that's how God works. It's like, okay, you did something wrong. So this person's, I, I just don't think that that's generally, and Jesus makes that clear that that's not the way it works. Yeah, I think there's a real trap in uh, thinking that way. And I, I think the other thing, the flip side of that, or at least maybe along with that, is a feeling of like, you know, if prayer is work, then I want to work and then leave work. Like I want my time off. Right, right, you know? right. And right. So I've, I've done that. Right. Not having, not thinking like the Lord is our joy. The Lord is the center of my life. I want Jesus with me at everything. Sometimes it is. I I check the box. I prayed today, or I already went to mass. You know, I can do whatever I want, and and in a sense, almost more looking forward to the time off 
you know, than the time with, right, right. you know, and, and seeing the Lord present, you know, at all times in our life. And I think uh, something that also goes away, goes with that is this idea or this feeling that, that we are constantly being evaluated by mm. God, you know, and I think that's particularly difficult sometimes with college because much of their college career is evaluation. You're, right. you're grading papers, you're right. evaluating it, but God doesn't work like that. But and along with that is this, I think just terribly destructive. And that is the spirit of perfection that, that we're always hard on ourselves. You know, I was just sharing with somebody who was coming to me for some direction about, um, when their examination, their examination of conscience, the only thing they ever look at is the things that they did wrong. Hmm. And I think, I think an authentic, full examination of our life ought to also take a look at the things we did right, right? Yeah. That, 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 and acts, in right, exactly. Simple acts of charity and kindness and reaching out and going out of our way. That is the spiritual life. But a tendency we have is just to focus on what we've done wrong, what we didn't do right, what we could have done better. And that's where I think that text comes so, is so important is that we ought not be discouraged. But if that's all we're ever, and, and hear me well, that's a part of it. I mean, that has to be a part of it. But that can't be the only thing just what we've done wrong. There has to be a sense of the Lord's movement and his grace and his freeing and his healing that has to be a part of that as well. When I see that verse and it says, I mean, it's a dramatic language. You know, those who fear the Lord are afraid of nothing and are never discouraged for he is their hope. You know, it reminds me of the kind of extreme language uh, that we hear in First John. You know, people who love God don't sin, right? right? Hope does not disappoint. Right, hope right. does not disappoint. And and you have these dramatically beautiful statements. And then we think to ourselves, wait, if I sin, does that mean I don't love God? Or if I am discouraged or disappointed, does that mean I have no hope? And I don't think it's an extreme one or the other. The truth is, like love drives out sin. Hope drives out disappointment, drives out discouragement. And for many of us, we're still mid-battle We're there. working at you know, it. We're, we're working at it. And, and I want to know that pure hope does drive away all fear, does drive away all discouragement. And in as much as I can put my hope in the Lord, I will be freed from the fear and freed from the discouragement. But when we talk about putting our hope in the Lord, it can't just be a, a human action. You know, again, that's not something that we evaluate ourselves with and, well, if I'm discouraged. Well, then that's my fault too. You right, know, right. congratulations. We just gave you another thing to be right. upset and I think, with yourself and maybe, about. Maybe we won't be able to get into it all today and we'll, we'll pick up at another time. But that's also to not say that that we're not going to have struggles. Like I think of Jesus the night before he died in the in the garden, you mm. know, when he goes to his friends and he says, you know, you couldn't even stay an hour. With, was that, was he frustrated? Was he, I mean, of course he was. So it's not right. to say that that we become these robots that don't have feeling or emotion or so it, it has to be kept in the light of that. And we can talk more about that another time. Yeah. But really the movement is in many ways, Holy Spirit, help me hope. Amen. I mean, Amen. you know, just uh, ask for it. That's, that's always the beginning of it. You know, again, it's not a pull yourself up by your bootstraps and do it yourself. Amen, Bob. And, you know, you, um, you're talking about the discouragement and looking at the positive things. One of my uh, favorite homilies you ever gave. I, I remember this vividly, partly because I don't like baseball. 
but you are. Oh, yeah. Let me just say something to that. So Bob says that the, <laughs> I, I have a goal of getting to every baseball park in the country. Which and is I've cool. got all but four. But Bob was saying one time, I think PNC Park in Pittsburgh is one of the most beautiful ones. And he took his kids one time and they walk into the park and he says, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. The colors, the sounds, the smells. Although you know the smells. I didn't say the smells. It, it's just so wonderful. And, he, and, and he's thinking, it's like, why don't I do this more often? And then Bob says, and then the game started. It's like, oh yeah, I hate baseball. <laughs> Which is unbelievable, but anyway. I grew up in Chicago. I actually like the Cubs I know, and I, I just got burned. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it was it was a painful thing to do. But one of the things I loved about when you talked about baseball is you, you just made the statement of thinking more about our faith life like baseball. Because in baseball, you could hit one out of three and you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, that means I mean, I guess in really in baseball, you're usually screwing up more than you're doing right. And if you want to look sure, at it. Sure, that sure, way. sure, sure, sure. Um but it really is just understanding that we get a number of at-bats and yeah. a lot of times we swing and we miss. Right. And the understanding of perfection is, is just that it's not, it's, it's a pro it's metanoia. It's a process, Amen. you know, that we're continually resting. We're continually striving. We're continually growing. And, and this is the spiritual life. And I just love that text. Let's not be discouraged. You know, right. some days we're going to do better than others. Let's pick ourselves up dust ourselves off and keep on going. Last week we talked about uh, the discouragement that some people don't think they could be a saint. And I think it's really worth emphasizing what do we think holiness is? Because sometimes people would define holiness as the absence of sin, yeah. which is a which is not a full definition no, of holiness. No, right. Holiness is the presence of God's grace in our life. In a relation, absolutely. And and that is that's the joy. Holiness is an adventure in love, mm -hmm. and we can all be holy. Like we can all be saints. We can be holy and be saints because of God who calls us, God who died for us, redeems us, sends his spirit into our life. It's not our effort. It's not our work. It's our yes to the Lord. And watch what he does when we truly give our lives to him at every moment of every day and know that he's looking at us with love and he's encouraging us. And he's just so Amen. good. Amen. And just to, to wrap this one up, and you said it earlier, but just it's so important is that this is not our own work. Yeah. It's actually one of the things the Holy Father has gone back and forth. I mean, back to time and time again, this idea of this Gnostic idea that says, I can save myself. I can make myself holy. I can make myself better. It is by the grace of the Holy Spirit and surrendering to that and giving ourselves to that. Uh, and that's a, not just a daily thing. It's yeah. Sometimes it's a hundred times a day. It says, come Holy Spirit. Help me with this situation. Help me be more like Jesus. And that's how we're ultimately going to see transformation in our life. Amen. Amen. How about you close it with this prayer? Oh, I'd love to. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have adopted us as your sons and daughters through the blood of Jesus Christ and have sent the Holy Spirit into our hearts. And that gift is perfect. That gift is love. That gift is beyond anything we could earn for ourselves or do. Lord Jesus, this day, as we go throughout our day, help us accept that gift. Open our eyes to see you in the present moment. Help us to have hope, Lord God, uh, to hear your voice, not the voice of the enemy, the accuser of brothers, uh, but to hear your voice of love, to hear your voice of encouragement, uh, to hear your voice of hope. Scatter the fear the darkness, the discouragement in our life, and let us see your face and live in your love. Amen. May the Lord pour his blessings on you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless everyone. Hey, thanks. Have a, have a good week, Bob. Thank you, Father Dave. And thank you for listening. Again, please share your stories of hope with us at hope at franciscan.edu. 
That is hope at franciscan.edu. And please check out our video podcasts, uh, which is available at franciscan.edu and my YouTube channel. Happy birthday, me. (laughs) Two days ago. 